Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. Let me read through it, and then, then we'll begin to pick apart what I think God has shown us this morning. Luke chapter 24, verse 13. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all the, these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And he said to them, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. And in verse 20, And how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women in our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning. And when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had seen, even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Verse 24. Some of those who were, who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Verse 28. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were, uh, who were with them gathered together, saying, the Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then he told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. What a tremendously large and powerful passage as we look through this. I would encourage you to to go home and look and, and to read further the things that happened in this passage. But let's put ourselves in the context of this time and what's happened. The, the hope of the nation that they were counting on has died. And now they're walking away and they don't know what to do. They had followed this man, Jesus, for years. They had seen miracles. They had put all their hope on him. And now they're walking away in a depression mode. Can you put yourself there? Can you relate? Have you ever had something happen in your life where you just couldn't contain the joy? 
Have you? Like you're just so excited. You just, you can't contain the joy. Have you ever had that happen? Yesterday, I was at home and, and so, uh, some college student came to the house and I don't know, it was some kind of project that he's working on where they need to paint houses this summer. So I don't know exactly what it was, but you know, it's one of those obligation things. He knocks on the door. He's like, hey, I'm a house painter. I'm supposed to do a project. Can I come give you a free bid? And I, and, and I without even thinking, I'm like, yeah. And he, and he goes, really? Like, how many no's had he gotten throughout the day? And he's like, really? Uh, and just kind of fumbling around, like, what should I do next? You know? Take my number, he's supposed to call me. But it's just in that moment, just his eyes went, Psh! and I was thinking, have, have you ever been in that moment where it's just like the joy just comes off your face? Reminds me of Proverbs thirteen twelve. I love this verse. I, I, I think about it often. It says this, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Just moments of hope, just moments of, of something happening in your life where it's like, really? It just, you just come alive. Oh, but there's that reverse, right? The reverse of that as well. Ever had something happen that just made you so sick you could barely walk, you could barely move? I don't know what this road looked like for these disciples as they're walking, but I imagine they're in one of those moments. Like, life is just hard. Everything you'd put your hope in, gone, doesn't make sense anymore. They're walking down this road, which reminds me of another verse, Proverbs 17, 22. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. You ever had a crushed spirit? Have you ever felt just overwhelmed, just defeated? Today as a church, we are praying the gospel message over you. The gospel message is the good news. That's what it means. Today, we are praying the good news message over you. Maybe you sit here and right now you've had a broken relationship. You've, you've believed a lie. You've been put in a lie. Maybe you've had disappointment in your life or maybe you've had setbacks in your life and maybe you're at the point of just despair in this place. We're praying the gospel message over you. He will take the setbacks, and you've probably heard this before. He will take the setbacks and use it for a setup for your future, for things that are coming in your future. Just think of the disciples and what they were walking in in this road right now. As they're walking, they're feeling defeated. They've experienced setbacks, disappointments, lies. And maybe we find ourselves in that place today. If so... Maybe a Psalms is a good place for you to find yourself in this week. And like King David, as he's, as he's praying and he's singing, he's saying, God will give me a new song. And church, God will give you a new song. Do you believe that today? And throw out the songs of defeat, of self-pity, of disappointment, and begin to sing a new song of victory in Jesus Christ and who he is and what he's done and how he's fought the fight and how he is victorious. Begin to let those things move around in your head, move around in your heart, move around in the words that you speak. It's not defeat we walk in, it's victory. And I don't know about you, but that's a good time to say amen. The things that have held you back are coming to an end. It's good news. That's beautiful. That's glorious moves, words. Like these disciples on this long road back from, from Jerusalem to Emmaus, 
They can't believe what, what just happened. They're walking back, maybe a little disillusioned, a little confused. And just as Israel had been redeemed from slavery in Egypt, they had hoped that Jesus would be the one that was going to redeem them. But maybe not. Maybe they were confused. And they're walking back, just going, what happened? They were walking in disappointment, and I wonder if they were walking in a lack of hope. In a future that just looked like it had no hope. What just happened? Church, I ask us this because I think this, this can find room in our heart in every single one of us. Are some of us right now, are we walking in disappointment? Are we walking in a lack of hope as we look forward? This thing is just, I don't know how I'm going to overcome this in my life. I don't know what's going to happen next. And we look forward and we're a little fearful for what our future may look like. I got to tell you this. Jesus knew what these people needed and he showed up. He knew it. And he shows up in our life every day, church. He shows up and he begins to speak his love. And though uh, Israel thought that, th- that this Jesus was going to set him free from suffering, what actually happened is, no, it was through the suffering he set them free. And specifically through his own suffering on the cross, he set us, each and every one of us, free. And that's the good news. We will suffer in life. But God is moving. He's doing incredible things in our life. And don't let the disappointments, don't let the bad reports, don't let those lies, those hurts, don't let them get you trapped in today. Move forward in who Jesus is. Trust that he has incredible things for your life. You can't stop the process of suffering. But you can say, his name is great and greatly to be praised. God, I trust you. I want my life to serve you, to be modeled after you. And I know the story. It ends in victory. Don't think and speak as defeated people. He is using your life for his glory. Whatever the cost, whatever the cost. I say, Jesus, God, use my life. No matter the cost, no matter the pain, no matter the death, there is a world that needs hope. There is a world without love, and you are that love. Use me to show it however you will. For some of us, it may be going to Haiti. It's an expensive way to do it, though. (laughs) For some of us, it may be just be driving two blocks away from your house. For some of us, it may be getting to know your neighbor next door. For some of us, it just may be a smile. A smile goes a long way. So Jesus is offering love. He meets us where we're at. I want to point out two things in this incredibly large passage that I hope you go home and read today and begin to study and just kind of think what God's showing you in this passage. I want to show you two things that jumped out at me that I could not get away from this week. The first one is this, Scripture comes alive and is revealed. Scripture comes alive and is revealed. Look at what's happening in their despair as they're walking. And Jesus shows up, and I don't know how he does this, does this, some miraculous thing. Maybe he's got a new body or something, I don't know what, but they don't recognize him. They're blinded to it. 
and they're walking in despair. And what does Jesus do? If you'll look at your, at your Bible, you'll look specifically in verse 27. And he began with Moses and all the prophets, interpreting into them the thing, all the things in the scripture concerning himself. In their despair, what does he do? He begins to speak his words into their life. That's huge. That's significant for us. As talented as I am, my talent's not going to get me through the situations in life. As smart as I am, those brains are not going to get me through those rough things in life. In fact, that's just superficial. I hang my hat on Scripture. Do you? Do you dive into this thing? That's why we open it up. That's why we go and we say, this Bible has words of life. It's, it's living and active. It's absolute truth. And look in this despair of these men as they're walking. Jesus shows up and he doesn't woo them with his talent. He begins to speak words of life that they can believe, the eternal life into their life. Like these two disciples, we are invited to listen to the scripture We get the opportunity to open the scripture as fresh truth as he sets our lives on fire. As his words begin to transform us. And one of the things that we do is we do this thing called exegesis instead of eisegesis. Well, fancy, fancy words that mean nothing more than this. Exegesis means we open the Bible and what we say is, God, what are you saying? What's coming out of the scripture to me? That's called exegesis. We go verse by verse through Luke. We do it exegesis style because we want the words of Scripture to speak to us. Eisegesis would be the reverse. It would be opening up our Bible and saying, how can I make this say whatever I want it to say? Or we begin to look with our lens into Scripture and we begin to just see different things that are not there. See, we want to hold the scripture up high. We don't want to be a church that just does proof texting where you open the Bible. Any of you ever done this? You open the Bible. I call it the Bible roulette. You read it and you're like, that's awesome. You don't know any context. You don't know anything that's going. It's very scary when we do that. That's why we've been in the book of Luke for two years. We want the context. We want to know what God's saying as we move forward. But here's a good example of proof texting. And this is a famous verse, okay? So we might need to rethink this verse a little bit. Philippians 4.13. Anyone know this one? Philippians 4.13. It's a great verse. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Amen. Amen. While (laughs) this verse has been used to claim strengths in many endeavors, in the context of what Paul is saying right here in Scripture, He's not interested in the particulars of winning the Super Bowl. He's saying you can do anything. Yeah, you can be content in every situation. And so one example of how proof texting, we could just go, it didn't really mean he wants you to win the Super Bowl. What he really wants you to do is be content in every situation, you see. That's why scripture and how we study it is so important. Church, I encourage you, get a good commentary. Begin opening up, reading it. Begin studying scripture. Get the context of it. See what God is doing. Let's let scripture speak to us. Let's not speak into scripture. So I think it's incredible that in despair, what does Jesus do? He speaks the words of life, scripture into them. It's a joy to be able to get up and speak. On Sundays. Right here, right now. Why? Because I've had to wrestle through scripture. 
And I come alive when the scripture is speaking. I wish every one of you had to give a message today because you would have to open up scripture and spend time and pray and come alive in it. So as I'm looking at our clock, Chad, because we can't go for two hours, let's go to the next point. Two things that I see in this passage that makes the whole difference. The first one is scripture comes alive and is revealed. The second one, what happens towards the end? Jesus reveals himself. It's powerful. Jesus reveals himself. Look in, look in verse 30. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave, and gave it to them. And what? Their eyes were opened. Their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their eyes. Cool trick. Vanished from their eyes. Verse 32, they, they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened the scriptures to us? Like, their eyes are open. So first, he speaks his word and scripture into their life, and then he reveals himself to them. He does the same thing in our life. What I think is cool about this passage, if you think back in the history of the Bible, the first meal ever eaten was who? Adam and Eve. The first meal ever eaten was Adam and Eve. But then you fast forward to our context right now in this story, this one. It's like the whole story has now gone full circle. Death itself has been defeated. Jesus was on the cross. He's risen from the dead. God is alive. And at this point, humanity is breaming with life and joy. And I say, thank you, God, for your scripture and for who you are. Jesus delights in revealing life to all of us. He, he, he loves watching cold hearts come alive. He loves being a part of that. The best evidence, as you look at the last part here, what happens after scripture speaks and God reveals himself, what happens next? They can't contain themselves. They got to go, they're like marathon runners. They got to go on the road and go tell the apostles what they've seen. They can't contain themselves. The best evidence that we have understood the Bible and met this living Christ, we know this living Christ is that we have something exciting to share with the world. Wherever we go, we have something exciting to share with the world. Sometimes it may be with passionate words, sometimes you may need to shut up and smile and just say the name Jesus. This is hope. I thank God that he highlights the strength of his scripture. I thank God that he highlights that in despair, he reveals himself to us. This day is a gift from God. Enjoy it. Despite everything that's going on in your life, enjoy it. Know that God is is working through the suffering for his plan, for his purpose. He wants to inject life and hope into you. Church, May we be a people that start awakening the dormant potential that's in us. Some of us, we've just gotten numb to to dreaming and spending time with God and his word and open it up. And there's things that God has put in us that's just been dormant for a while because we're politically correct and we're older. Well, I say, let's get a little immature Let's start, start making some people mad. Let's start dreaming a little bit. And let's start speaking life wherever we see death. Let's, let's start speaking hope whenever we see despair. Church, you have permission to come alive. And it's not just because of our talents. It's because of his word. 
It's because of who he is. We are not too old. We are not too young. Some of us think we're not up to speed and God can't use us. That we, didn't, we just don't make par. All the excuses we can come up with. God is saying, I've overcome all those. I've overcome all those. I've overcome them all. It's not about you, it's about me. So push forward, push forward into who I am, what my word says about who I am and who you are. If we sit around nursing the wounds in our life and the past hurts in our life, thinking about all the wrong and all the bad stuff, we're just going to be in this, I like, I used the word two weeks ago and I really like it, cesspool. I haven't used that forever. That's going to be our life. Woe is me. Bad is this. I've been hurt. I don't want to make soft of our pain. But I do want to make great the name of Jesus and how he uses our pain and our suffering for his name. He met these two people on the road as they were full of despair. They did not have hope. And what did he do? He spoke his words of life and he showed and revealed himself to us. Church, that's the God that I serve. That's the God that I love. Don't get stuck looking back, living in the past. God will meet you where you're at. Show you what life is supposed to be. Get lost in his, get, and get lost in his scripture. Focus on who he is. That's all I got to say. If you would, just close your Bible. Take some time reflecting on who God is. If you're comfortable with it, just hold your hands out in a submissive stance in front of you. Just, just close your eyes and say, God, here I am. God, would you reveal yourself to me? I've been maybe struggling or maybe I've been focused on me a whole lot and not a lot on you and your word. Oh, God, how have I got pulled into the temporary May this week I get lost in the eternal things, the stuff that's going to last forever, your word, who you are. May I find my identity in that, not in the shiny things of the world. God, I place my life in your hands, and I ask you in return, show me who you are. Let me find my identity in you and move forward in you. Some of us, as we're sitting here, it's hard to believe that this message is so full of hope and love because we've done things in our past. Like, you know, currently, we're doing things right now that, oh, God, you would not be happy with. I, I'm here to tell you this. God loves you. He's died for all of our past actions, all of our future happens. He knows. He knows. He knows. He loves you enough to keep giving you this breath because he's pursuing a relationship with you today. He's pursuing a relationship with you. So would you, 
let down pride and say, God, here's my life, all my actions, everything, and I give you control of my life. Some of us, there is something that's just been dormant for a while. A passion, a dream, a purpose. God's, we know God's given us spiritual gifts. He's given us talents. He's given us experience. We know why, but we may be a little scared to move forward in that. Because it might hurt. It's scary. Well, church, can we say it as boldly as possible? Wake up, sleeper. Wake up. God is good. He's designed you to be who you are for great things, to show you the love that he has for you, to show the world. Wake up. We need you to be alive in who you are and who Christ has designed you to be. Get lost in his word. Get lost in him and move forward as we interject love into a world of death, despair, So in this place, just with our words, with our hearts, with our hands, just continue to worship God and saying, oh God, you are mighty. You are everything. I give you control of my life. I worship you. I don't know any other way to worship God than to just give that up to you in this moment. I pray that the Holy Spirit, you are moving with him and he's moving in your heart. If you're a a parent and you have a kid in Project Kids, here in a little while, I would encourage you to go quietly and quickly get your, your child and come back and worship together as a family. And we can worship in multiple, multiple of ways. There's communion over on your right. And so you can go and take a piece of cracker and dip it in the grape juice that represents his body and blood that was broken for you and just humbly cry out. Say, God, thank you. Thank you for what you've done. I do this in remembrance of you. I lower my pride. I surrender to you. Thank you, God. For some of us, it's, it's standing and worshiping. For some of us, it's filling out prayer requests on the response card and putting it in one of the offering boxes, boxes on either side of the room. But here's the deal. Don't be fake in this place. Run forward. Don't let Satan tell you that you can't and you won't and you aren't. Think on the things of God that says you are and you are because of me and because of what I've done. I love you. Do you grasp that and do you get that? And I say amen to that. Church, let's pray and let's stand and pray and worship in this place. God, thank you for your life, for your hope. We stand against the gates of hell and we say thank you for your victory. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your word of God. Move in us. Let these dreams come alive in us. Let us march forward in who you are.